Hey party people, it is January the 30th, Sunday 2022, and the time here in Egypt is 1.15 p.m. Hey, 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 what y'all doing? Um, This is a good day for me, I am smiling, I feel joyful inside, and things are moving, you know, forward. <laughs> Um, I am once again out of COVID jail and I do not have a parole officer. So I am just really glad to be back on the uh, negative side of test results and all of this other stuff. Um, Living life differently. I'm telling you, this whole experience is transforming me in ways that um, I'm ready for. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for it. Uh, And I'm unapologetic. (laughs) Because... I don't know. Life is just good. Life is really, really good. It's a lot I'm not saying, but it's because I'm not really um, moved to tell y'all everything that's going on. Okay, so um, this episode is about really what I did while I had COVID. Now, um, I will say this. I do think having COVID does like implant some kind of bug in you that, you know, if you don't have access to the things you need for a full recovery then you may walk away and forever have a nose run like that you don't know about or maybe somehow it um hooked up with your sinuses and now your body is just doing little things that it never did before post covid so for me it's like this throat clearing thing some days I can tell it's exactly something that I ate. Like I had, like if I eat some chips and um, a banana, like I can eat some chips and then have a banana. And then I'm like constantly clearing my throat. I just had a banana a few minutes ago and I'm constantly having to clear my throat. Um, But I, everything else I feel fine. But I do, I think that like post COVID there are things about my health now that I'm having to like, Maybe try to get to the United States so that I can fully, like, see if I can, like, flush it out. Otherwise, I'm just like, maybe it's just something that got settled, you know, in in me. I don't know. At any rate, it is it is what it is. You know, you get COVID, you deal with it, you keep it moving. Um, so I just want to talk about what I did while I had COVID. Now, let me say this. Um, I tested on a Thursday night. And from that one Thursday to that next Thursday. So for seven straight days, I'm going to tell you what I did. After the seven straight days, things kind of changed up a little bit. But for the most part, this is what I did for those seven straight days. And pretty much for the duration of my quarantine. Um, So here we go. First of all, I never changed my schedule, even though I had become sick there was only a few times where I was like lethargic to a point where I had to lay down and luckily for me those moments were like in the afternoons um it hit me a couple of times where I was just like I have to lay down and go to sleep um and it may have happened two times three at three tops um so I was still waking up at 5 55 every morning because that's the only time I can get to really center myself, write, write in my journal, have a moment with God, have a moment with my ancestors, and just set forth how I, I want my day to go. 
So I was still waking up at 5.55. And I would drink my water. I keep water on the side of my bed. I'm old. (laughs) I'm over 50. I'm 50 now. Sorry, not over 50. But I'm in my 50s now. And that's just something I do. It's like keep the water near the bed. Um, So I drink my water. And um, get up, stretch, and then proceed with my day. Now, I go and have breakfast. So what I had every morning for breakfast was one grapefruit cut in half. Bananas, one to two. So if I had the large bananas, I would only have one. Because one large banana kind of equates two of the smaller ones. But for the most part, I had bought the small, like the, the infant bananas, So I was having two bananas every morning, two handfuls of strawberries. Now that could be whole strawberries or cut. Now I would cut mine. I have to prep my food because y'all know, y'all know what my situation is. So I have to prep my food and, you know, put it in the refrigerator. So I would take like about two handfuls of cut strawberries which is a lot, but they the way that they sell them is a lot. So eating them is not like eating a lot of strawberries is not a big deal here. Um, and I would have three to four bits of ginger. Like I would shave my ginger, cut it in little, really small cubes and put that on my breakfast plate. And I would have a hot tea. Now the hot tea, that is where I would get more of a variety some mornings i would drink my cinnamon and ginger hot tea other mornings i would drink my hot tea that was specifically designed to help breathing even though i wasn't having any breathing problems i didn't want any breathing problems all i knew was that i had covid and i knew what the major symptoms of covid was um and i pretty much had the minor symptoms i had what i deemed a scratch in my throat then I developed a cough, and even though I never lost my sense of taste, there was a moment, like the first two days, where my tongue was just feeling weird, like, like tingling, like it was just a weird thing that my tongue, like my tongue was trying to lose <laughs> its ability to taste, I don't know, but for the most part, that's what I had. And the runny nose, like it wasn't severe. At at one point it got severe, but initially the thing that made me get tested was the scratchy throat and the development of the cough, period. So now I'm like buying, you know, teas to help me breathe and really just trying to stay close to the food that was healthy because I'm in Egypt and um, I don't really trust the medical facilities here i've been to one hospital and when i tell you it was something out of a um edgar Allan poe poem i don't know it was just i didn't feel safe and i didn't feel like this is some place i want to come back to right so i was like okay this is my time to try this holistic healing thing and see if i can <clears throat> get myself on the other side of this illness So that's what I did every morning. Light clockwork. Don't stop hip hop. For lunch. um, Oh, I didn't finish telling y'all the teas. Um, Okay, so I had a cinnamon and ginger tea. I had a breather's tea. And I had a ginger and honey tea. And I would just kind of, you know, variety or whatever I felt like. You know, depending on where I was with the illness, that's 
the tea that I drank that morning. And that ended my breakfast. I would always eat my breakfast, drink it with water, and then end it with the tea. And after that, I would feel pretty good. I would take, um, after I would eat breakfast, I would wait like 30 minutes, and then I would take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I had these capsules, but I I would open the capsules and just drink the powder with my uh, water. And 50 milligrams of zinc. Now, the zinc is very, very good for... um, It's like antibodies for your uh, system, for protecting your system. Um, However, you can't do it every day. So I had 20 20, um, pills of vitamin C. And I had a whole pack. I don't... Let me see. Three, six, seven, eight. I had probably like 40 zinc pills. So I was like, I'm going to take the zinc pills for as long as I'm taking the vitamin C. And once the vitamin C runs out, that's when I'll stop taking the zinc. But I was taking one to two vitamin C's every day. So up to 2,000 milligrams. And then only one zinc pill, 50 milligrams a day. For lunch, I would eat a bag of chips. Not every day, though. I couldn't eat the chips every day. Y'all know it's these chips here that I love. I'm going to miss these chips when I'm gone. I'm telling y'all, they are not American-made. They are American-imitated. But, baby, they got the recipe for these chips. It's some kind of cheddar cheese chips that I be eating. That's probably why my <clears throat> throat be all clogged up, too. But they so good. They so good. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Have, oh, Heavenly Father. They are good, y'all. These chips are so good. I'm going to try to see if I can bring a one bag back. Anyway, I would eat the chips and then I would have um, cucumbers and salad, cucumbers and salad, cucumbers and tomatoes, just cut. And I would either eat them with a little bit of, uh, I have a ginger vinegar and I have a lime vinegar. Sprinkle a little bit of that on them and just eat it raw. Just eat them raw. They're so good here, though. Um, and or I would get some of my red beet hummus or my uh, parsley coriander hummus and eat it with that. The hummus is a coater too; like it's very good, but it coats. So for the most part, I would just eat like cucumbers and tomatoes. Just cut them up and eat them. Not put anything on them. Maybe a little bit of olive oil, maybe a little bit of salt. But for the most part, I just was like. Let me just eat the food the way God planned it, you know, right out, right out from under the kitchen sink water, you know. Um, And occasionally I would buy red, yellow or green bell pepper and I'll cut it up, cut the seeds out, slice it into, you know, nice little slices, put it in a bowl, bring it in my room and eat it. Just eat it straight. Um, And drink plenty of water. Try to drink like four or two of those large bottled waters within that time frame, like between lunch and before I ate dinner. After I ate lunch, it was all about hydrating, 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 hydrating. <clears throat> For dinner, I would make a vegetable soup. I had made a vegetable soup, and the soup that I make lasts two days. And that's because I'll eat it for dinner, and sometimes right before, like, Okay, so here I'm eating dinner at like 5.30, 6 o'clock because we get off at 3.30. So by 5.30, I'm, I'm ready to eat and I'm not eating after 7.30. That's here. Um, so 
I would sometimes eat a bowl of soup. And then, you know, you go back for seconds. So it's like an hour later, whatever, eat my bowl of soup. Now, what was in my vegetable soup? It was peas, carrots, broccoli, coriander, parsley, red bell, salt, pepper, oh, and a vegetable broth cube. And I would boil all of that until it's like nice and soft, not too soft, but the peas, the peas is what you use. I I would temper everything with like once the peas was soft enough, I knew everything else was. And then I would take the vegetable ramen noodles and pound on the bag until the noodles were all broken up and only put the noodles in with the soup. Then I would take the pepper from the ramen pack. Put that in there and then only put like a third of that salty yellow powder they put in there. Not, I mean, you don't really even need that much. Like that stuff is so salty. That's the reason ramen noodles are like 800,000 calories. Um, so I wouldn't ever use that whole pack. Ne- I mean, I don't know why they even put all of that in there because you don't need it. If anybody's ever eaten ramen noodles, y'all know what that little pack I'm talking about. That salty ass. I don't know what. It's just sodium. It's like a pack of sodium that they give you well i only like maybe like a teaspoonful um maybe less than that um but my whole goal was about like getting the nutrients and when you start seasoning food and all of that you start fucking with you know how the nutrients are going to affect you so um to be honest with y'all i was just like i'm too far away from home to be playing around like i know you know my will is not weak my discipline is not in question. When, it's, when I got to get something done, it's not hard for me at all to shut everything off and get it done. And my health and being here in Egypt was um, one of those things that I was like, oh, okay, it's time to shut some people down. It's time to shut some things down. And it's time to focus in on the goal, which is to get back to a space of feeling good from the inside out. So I would put, you know, a little bit of that in there and that would be my stew. And then I would eat a little bit and put the rest in the refrigerator and that's what I would heat. And then once it's gone, go to the grocery store and just start all over again with the same things. Bananas, grapefruit, strawberries, ginger. Um, I have enough tea now to where I think I'm going to get through the rest of the year. I have like four packages of different types of teas that I've found here. Um, The chips. The cucumbers, the tomatoes, bell peppers, um, broccoli, um, coriander, parsley. That's pretty much what, that's my grocery list every week. And then I get these date date cookies. And the date cookies, y'all, ooh, they're so good, but they do a number on my, like, digestive system. Because the gas, ooh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They give me really bad gas, and I just don't think I'm going to be able to, like, I was at first, when I first... I got them. I was like, oh, my God, these are great. (sighs) But I ain't going to be able to do it. I ain't going to be able to do it. I love them. And once I'm done with them, I'm done with them. I got to find me another little uh, way to eat these dates. If I'm going to be eating them at all. Because they be baby. Anyway. So that's pretty much what my... Pretty much what my diet is. I may... The only reason I haven't really eaten chicken 
is because it got cold here and then I got sick. And where I buy my chicken is not close to here. I have to get in an Uber and we have been having rain and you just don't want to be on these Egyptian streets trying to get somewhere because they don't have lines on the streets, which means half of these people, just like they do in Texas, they driving around with bad tires on their cars. So it's just when it rains here, you just got to be real careful about what cars you get into because um, this Egyptian traffic, it's just no joke, y'all. It's no joke. So that's pretty much it. Now, <clears throat> here's the other thing I did. I watched a shitload of comedy shows. And I do mean a shitload. Most of it was stand-up. Um, and here's a list of some of the stand-up comedians that I watched. And when I say I watched them, I mean every night before I went to bed. Whenever I had any kind of free time, I would put on some comedy and watch it. And I really got to get to know a lot of these comedians because some of this stuff, you know, it's the kind of stuff you pass by because you like, I don't want to watch that because it just don't even seem like it's something I'm going to like, which is bad. Like, it's really bad that we do that, that we judge things before we experience them. Um, so in my, you know, kind of ability to stay in touch with my younger self, like, the kid in me is 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 very much alive and has always been alive and probably will be here when I'm gone. Um, so I like to laugh. If anybody knows me, you know, like, if I can laugh, you got me. And it's very hard to make me laugh because most of this shit is so, like, ridiculous that I'm just like, are we really wasting our time doing this? Anyway, so here's the list of comedians <clears throat> that I watched. First and foremost, Aziz Ansari. Now, Aziz Ansari is my dude. I love Aziz Ansari. I think he's funny. Um, his homecoming king um, stand-up is it's like how he starts in one place and comes all the way back around is very, very, very nice. Like, I love his technique. I love his subject matter. I love... He's just funny to me, so... Um, live at Madison Square Garden, Buried Alive, Homecoming King, anything by Aziz, you got me. And he's like an intellectual comedian too. Like when you've kind of been places and you've read a lot and you've experienced certain things, certain comedians just kind of like, they don't just, they're not just doing fart jokes, right? They're not just talking about the simple stuff like, you know, uh, meeting people at a club or that kind of thing. Like they, they elevated up into politics. They elevated up into social issues. So Aziz is very much that dude. Plus the voice, you know, that, <laughs> you know, he just has that voice. That's dope. So, and I know y'all are like, no, Aziz had the, he was a, a part of the me too movement. I don't care. He funny, you know, um, it just is what it is. I know I can separate R. Kelly from Aziz Ansari. So, um, Dave Chappelle. Now, I am team Dave Chappelle because I'm generation Dave Chappelle. If you don't like Dave Chappelle because of what you um, have inferred or experienced Dave Chappelle saying about LGBTQ transgender community, we are not... Um, <clears throat> 
here to talk about that. What I am talking about is the cleverness of the mind of the man who is at this particular point, the greatest comedian, one of the greatest comedians alive. Dave Chappelle is funny. And I think it's because he kind of thinks the way I think on certain issues and how he approaches them. Once again, it's just this very intellectualized approach to telling jokes. It's this very intellectualized approach to observing things and being able to feed them back to people in a funny way that you just didn't think quite like about it that way and I really enjoy the fact that Dave Chappelle has really started to let go and be unapologetically who the fuck he is it's nothing more attractive than somebody being like I don't give a fuck and this is what it is like it is it's something very beautiful about that because the world don't want you to be free the world wants to control you the world wants to tell you what to say and how to say it and then get you pulled into this need for making money right now everybody's trying to make money everybody trying to get this money but you you don't realize you are selling your soul selling your soul is not something that you sit at a table and do when you sign a contract your craving for money oh this is beautiful your craving for money your craving to pay your bills your craving to separate yourself from what god intends for you to have and for you to be happy with that that is selling your soul because you're suppressing your 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 soul's ability to say hey wait a minute back down chill out so for dave Chappelle to be able to walk away and then be blessed with more than what he had before he wa- see okay so i'm not gonna go in there with y'all okay so chris rock tambourine now there's an extended version now all of this is coming from netflix i watched all of this on netflix um it's all i really have access to uh people are like but you can do this and you can do this get you a vpn I'm really y'all I'm trying to have as natural of an experience in Egypt as I can if I come to Egypt and then pay money and do all this other shit to live as an American then I have defeated the whole purpose of coming here to experience Egypt and I'm, I'm not bringing all of that I'm not bringing all that baggage with me yeah America you have baggage you know you we come to different places and we start comparing it and contrasting it to what we have and then as black people we're like oh man i couldn't live in africa i couldn't live here man i couldn't do that but you barely in america all right so chris rock's tambourine i watched the extended remix which was good i like chris rock dave Chappelle, chris rock they're my generation i've always caped for them and they have my loyalty um, as long as they're not running around here pissing on 12 year old girls, we good. Like, for real, for real. Like, <laughs> now I do get mad at Chris Rock because he cheated on his wife, but he admitted it. So I'm like, well, cat's out the bag. All right. Um, Eliza Schlesinger. 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 She's funny. Elder millennial, she's young. She's brilliant. These white girls be on this whole tip. And white girl whole tip jokes are just funny. Like, they're just funny to me. Like, these white girls be out here just giving it up in all different ways, shapes, form, and fashions to, to whoever, whenever. And it's a part of the, like, blind privilege that they have because they then grow up and then they're like, I'm a slut. Nobody wants me. <laughs> Nobody is ever going to marry me. Cause I love giving up my pussy. Like 
it's something special about it, but uh, she's funny. Elder Millennial is funny. Bill Burr, love Bill Burr. Paper Tiger, um, you people are all the same. Uh, anything by Bill Burr is funny. Like he's he's my kind of white boy comedian. He is wild as fuck. He is um, <clears throat> he's angry. He got he has anger issues. That's one of the things I really love about Bill Burr is that he has anger issues, and it is a big part of his whole like anatomy of telling jokes and. You don't have to worry about Bill Burr because even though he's married to a black woman, he that's not a that's really like a minute part of his entire set. And I like that. He's not like Gary. Um, Gary. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Gary, who was married to the black woman, who actually, even though he was a hip white boy, a big part of his comedy is about being a hip white boy. So it's like, eh, are you really a hip white boy if you have to kind of lean into the fact that you're married to a black woman as the stick to which you use to make people laugh, right? So anyway, Bill Burr is like totally different. He's just like this like erratic, motherfuckers is crazy. I don't like motherfuckers. I hate leaving my house. He like he just speaks to me in that way. Like he has to be either a water sign or an earth sign because who he is on stage, I'd be like, yes, Bill Burr. Um, so Paper Tiger is really good. Um, Trevor Noah, son of Patricia, Trevor Noah, um, coming to America, whatever the name of that other show was. Trevor Noah is really funny. He's, he's a sensitive comic. He's good to look at. Um, yeah, he's pleasing to the eye. And, um, once again, his observations there, there, there's an intellect about his observations that I really, really, really that you know i can watch it over and over and i may not laugh for 20 minutes but when i do laugh i'm gonna make i'm gonna wake everybody up like i'm just gonna wake everybody up uh hannibal burris now hannibal burris and michael che let me tell y'all they are my young boyfriend quiet laid back like their approach is very very laid back like they the way that they tell jokes is like you gotta be listening because they are literally talking just like this and I don't know you know it's just a very like confident in the cut I know you looking at me I'm a dark man with jokes I'm a black boy who has like a little bit of the blues. Um, it's almost sexy. It's like watching a sexy dark skinned nerd on stage. Um, so I'm not always laughing. I look at them more fascinated, which somehow activates the dopamine in me. <laughs> I love nerds. So Hannibal Burris and Michael Che. Uh, Michael Che's Shame the Devil is really good. Um, Hannibal Burris right now, I think he only has one stand-up on Netflix. <clears throat> Next up is Catherine Ryan in Trouble. Catherine Ryan is just funny. She's just a funny white woman. Uh, funny observations. Um, I, I, I actually hadn't ever seen her before. I took a chance and I really liked the, the stand-up. Um, <clears throat> it was good. 
It was very, 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 very good. All right. So next up is uh, Taylor Tomlinson, Quarter Life Crisis. She's funny as fuck. She's young. She's maybe she she may just be getting out of her 20s. But it was in it was um, inspirational to see a young white woman telling jokes and actually be funny. Um, you could tell she's problematic. With white women, you can always kind of see where they're problematic. The only other... Um, I mean, you can see where all comedians are problematic, but white women out the box be like, I fuck people. White women out the box be like, my dad was an asshole. White, white women out the box, you know, they be like, I was an orphan. So they, there's just a thing about them that they're just like, this is what this is. This is who I am right now. Now let's get to these jokes because this is what it's all about. So uh, Taylor Tomlinson is very much that, but she's funny because... <laughs> She's she's in the generations behind me and she's literally um, consulting us on what's going on now back there. Right. In the present future. Um, Leslie Jones. Now, y'all, Leslie Jones put that stand up out. Maybe over a year ago. Definitely in 20, 2019, 2021, definitely 2021. I'm not sure. But for some reason, I avoided it because Leslie Jones sometimes is like a bit much. She's like this big black woman who is just like, what you looking at? You know, it's just like it's scary sometimes. I don't know. You know what? That's a part of me that I'm, I need to deal with. Why didn't you just give Leslie? Because the funny thing is I watch Leslie Jones. I love her on Saturday Night Live. Whenever I see her in a film, she was great in coming to America. And I mean great in coming to America. But some of the other films I've seen her in, I've just been like, meh. You know, so for some reason, I just kept avoiding it. It was like, and let me say this. Truth be told, it was giving me a like that um, Marlon Wayans vibe. Where it's like, I can get with you sometimes, but most of the times... The homosexual jokes, it's just, they, they start to, like, be too much. You know what I mean? Like, every time I turn around, you're talking about somebody sticking something up your booty. And I just, I'm like, what are we laughing at here? Like, what is this really about? So, it was just, I, I don't know. I'm not saying Leslie Jones was that. But I just kept avoiding <laughs> her stand-up. But, baby, that COVID will be like, you better press that button. So, I, when I tell y'all... Leslie Jones is the real deal. That motherfucker is funny on stage. Now, she might not be funny to men. She may not be funny to grandmothers. She may not be funny to Paw Paw. But to the aunties <laughs> that are running around here right now, y'all better get your life and watch Leslie Jones. Watch her talk about her life. And she too is like, I was a hoe. But I had whole friends, and this is how we vibe. And it's just hilarious. And I love it because you it's relatable. It's just relatable. All right, Nikki Glacier uh, banging. Nikki Glacier is funny. Once again, white girl who fucks. White girl who doesn't think there's anything wrong with fucking until she was like, I'm never going to get married because I fucks a lot. Um, but I'm here for it. Her banging... Uh, stand-up is funny. Bert Kreischer, he was the one I gave a chance to. Um, when I first started getting into my transformation before I left 
to come here, um, I started like using comedy and stand ups as a way to like get out of my head. Because one of the things that I had learned was like, if you watch comedy specials, it'll pull you out. If you if 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 you can stay in with them and it's something you can relate to, it'll pull you out of thinking too much or overthinking things that don't matter. So one night I put on Bert Kreischer, Bert Kreischer, I think it's Kreischer. He's funny, y'all. He's a white boy who's funny, you know, and I'm, I be all, let me tell you something. I'm always scared to watch white comedians. I'm always scared to watch white comedians because I don't ever want to wake up one day after bragging on their motherfucking asses and finding out that they are racist. Okay. So like Joe Rogan, but when I watched Joe Rogan, I was like, this dude is not for me. It was just something about the jokes he told. He never really told jokes that it was just like, you know what? Sometimes you could tell somebody is racist by the other people that they pick on. So in his comedy, the way that he talks about others, it just, I was just like, no, 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 no. And now come to find out Joe Rogan is like, you know, anyway. So Burt Kreischer, give him a, give him, give him an opportunity. John Mulaney. Now John Mulaney is like homeboy, cool, vertical white boy, but weird as fuck unicorn jokester um everybody's not gonna get him not even half not even a third it's probably like 10 of us on earth that are like john mulaney you know like black people like (laughs) we'll be the ones in the audience and you don't even see us because we're so spread out and it's only like four of us in the audience and the other one is like donald glover so john mulaney is that guy for me like he's my oddball unicorn comedian but I love him he's funny and once again it's just this very like simple intellectualism to the jokes now my the comedian who I think healed me of my COVID the comedian who I think absolutely positively healed me because I watched his stand up like 800,000 times yes 800,000 times was David A. Arnold Now, if y'all haven't gotten on your Netflix and pulled up David A. Arnold while you were sick with COVID, you didn't want to get well. You didn't want to be healed in the name of Jesus. David A. Arnold's stand-up comedy gave me so much life. It gave me so much life. Because we're going to do this yard. Anyway, David and Arnold is like this. He's a very nondescript comedian. He's um, possibly graduated high school in the 80s kind of guy. Um, married with children. Um, now, I know <clears throat> I know I've seen him in other things, but I'm going to have to go back and watch those other things in order to remember. Oh, that's who he is. Okay, so... The most recent thing I saw him in is they have this new show on Nickelodeon called That Girl Lele that um, is produced by uh, Will Packer. Um, Anyway, That Girl Lele is Nickelodeon. It's corny as fuck, but I don't have no kids. And, you know, I have a niece who would probably love That Girl Lele. It's a cute little show. Um, 
But there's an episode where Lele goes to church for the first time. She's never been to church. And David A. Arnold plays the preacher. And he's funny there. Like, he's, I, I really, I'm going to have to go back and find other uh, shows and movies that he's been in. Because I'm a fan now. David A. Arnold, he's, man, that stand-up. It gives you life. And it's a very simple stand-up. It's, um, it's not... He, he doesn't have no huge audience. I'm not sure what his following looks like now. Um, but when I tell you, I'm sure that's one of the reasons why my roommate is passive-aggressive with me. Because I be in this bitch laughing. Like, laughing like... Like black people laughing. You know what I mean? Like black Nigerian people laughing. Like, just... Laughing with my whole soul, like laughing with my lungs, laughing with my blood flow, laughing, just being here laughing, y'all, till my cheeks are sore. Um, And David A. Arnold did that for me. And every time I watch it, he does that for me because he's just funny. He's just, he's funny. When he talks about his daughter coming and telling, talking, talking about her in that cereal, I think it's the cereal. It oh my god. Anyway, so that's what I did. I watched a lot of comedy and um I took a break from social networking. I took uh Facebook off my phone and I took um Instagram off my phone <clears throat> and I sat in the discomfort. I picked up a book. I'm rereading to raise portable promised land. If 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 you know me now, this is what's funny because every time I talk about certain things I realize People I've been around all my life, but they don't know me. And then there are people who are like, oh, here she goes. She's going to start talking about this book. <laughs> so I brought the book with me, and I started reading it for the 1,800,000th time, The Portable Promised Land by Teray. Um, rereading that and, you know, going deeper into my dream analysis stuff. Just spending time in, 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 in the silence of feeding myself. And not getting bogged down in any reality TV shows, not getting bogged down in the fact that I had COVID, not getting bogged down in, you know, other things that could have easily made me sicker if I had kept focusing on them while I was sick. You know what I mean? Like, I have been able to dive fully into not only just my healing process from the COVID disease, but detoxifying myself because I know 14 days of a healthy fresh food breakfast fresh food lunch and fresh food food dinner has to have some kind of effect and I can feel it like I I can feel the brightness in my clarity like my clarity has a brightness to it um and when people are talking to me now, I can look them straight in the eye and I'm hearing them. Diff- it's just a weird, y'all, I don't know. It's a weird thing, um, but it's a beautiful thing. I'm still running up and down the stairs at school, which is a beautiful thing. Because for a little while, when I when I was like, am I sick? Because I went to work a whole week before I was like, let me go get tested. Like, I was, I was because we had come off of the, vaca- the vacation and went back to work. But I had the scratch in my throat. So I was like, let me see. Because I had heard, you know, people are like, I don't know if this is sinuses. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if this is hay fever. I don't know if I got pneumonia. I don't know if I got COVID. But I'm like, why would you sit and be like, I don't know what this is and not go get tested? That's where I was just like, mm. But then I was like, now, Kamika, you did used to live in a world where you did not love yourself. So do not act self-righteous now. 
So I was like, okay. Anyway, I had the scratch in my throat and I had adopted that. Let me just see what happens here. So all week I was masked up. I wouldn't, my kids, I was like, hey, I need y'all to step back. Miss Spencer, Miss Kamika, Miss Mighty, Miss Kamika is like, something is wrong, something's not right. <coughs> so, um, just chill out for just a second on the pro- proximity thing. And lo and behold, that Thursday night, after I got off work, called the guy, he came by, and I had COVID. So, um, it was what it was, it is what it is. But I... You know, I nestled down and just said, you know what? I'm going to try something here. And I'm telling y'all from Thursday to Thursday, I was feeling better and better and better and better. Now, <clears throat> I know y'all like, bitch, you coughing. You giving us COVID through the phone. No, I'm not. I was talking a few minutes ago and I actually like swallowed hard. And I've been kind of like trying to get that out of my throat. So, anywho. From Thursday to Thursday, and avoiding uh, Brexit, because that cough is still with her. And it's just, it's, y'all, it's, it's starting to become real passive-aggressive on her end over here, but I don't give a fuck. Um, so, from Thursday to Thursday, Walking to the grocery store by myself, breathing in the fresh air. And the air here was fr- is fresh. Like, it's just, it's fresh. Going up on top of the building and sitting with the pyramids for a little while and just staring at the pyramids and planning the rest of my life out and figuring out what I want to do and putting it in the universe and having these quiet time to myself, doing stuff differently, just switching up some shit. Like, well, I'm in my room now. I'm quarantined. So we can't keep doing the same things we've been doing. Otherwise, we're going to suffocate in here. So just changing things around and saying, let me give this a try. Let me put some comedy on. Let me feed my body. Let me feed my soul and let me get the rest that I need. So I was going to bed at like 7.30 and waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Which I was like, girl, you're going to be messed up when you go back to work. But I got I, everything is back under control. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mess when I get back to the states. But um, and just seeking out things that made me feel good, which a big part of that was getting off of social networking. Because if anybody knows, like when you on Facebook or or Instagram, you go from high to low to mid to low to mid to high to high. You know, you like you'll scroll, you'll be feeling real good, and then you'll scroll over something that just makes you go, "Why am I even following this person? Like all they ever do is dot dot dot." Or here she go with this shit again or here he goes with this shit again like we have these thoughts and the fact that you can just scroll past it makes you think you're over it but it has embedded itself in your psyche so I was like yeah I'm on a different path right now so let me get off of this and actually I'll tiptoe in I'll tiptoe in on Facebook it's none of these are still on my phone if I do some if I have an experience that I want to share Online, I'll tiptoe in, post it, and I'm off of there. But right now, y'all, things are good. I'm focused on my writing. I'm focused on becoming a better writer. I'm actually talking to people who can help me now. I'm actually talking to people and making connections that are beneficial to me. And it is not wise for me to say any of that because telling people your business is how your business get told. (laughs) Be good, be good, be good. Be God. Peace.